0: He did make the point that he had never been associated with a losing team, and he wasn't about to lose at Green Bay. I was born in it, molded Yeah, That's said they, they got to wake up with a piss out. You talking about Rasool... Younger? Hey, what up? So it's Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. Go, back go. Good night, man. I'm so excited. Let's roll. Let's roll.
1: Let's roll. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the Mobile Packers Podcast in the State of Our Minds. I am Spencer, and boys and girls, joined once again someone who has been affiliated with the podcast since the very beginning. We've all been missing him very much, but he is once again returned, Andrew. Hello. Welcome back to the Poor Man's Packers Podcast thank you for having me. As I'm sure everyone remembers, Andrew has been with us since the very beginning. I think episode two or three a few years ago you were on, but you've always been loosely associated also B2B data guy. You've been, you know, co-producer through the years and you're back. It's uh it's been a long wait, but I'm I'm happy to be here on the return. Good. Yes, you're a highly educated, huge Packer fan. You've been to Lambo quite a few times as well, right? That
2: part is true. Remembering most of it might not be. <laughs> Fair. But
1: I have I have been there a ton. Yes. Very cool. Okay. So as listeners may know, obviously Hank and Kyle are not here. Schedules just not working out uh too well, people. You know, unfortunately we are aging, we're reaching our uh Jesus. Maturity. Well, yeah, early 30s, late 20s, so other things are popping up. So we're going to have a rotating chair for the third or second mic on the podcast going forward. So that's one thing to look forward to. We've got a couple guys ready to hop on in, and Kyle will be back eventually. But we have another huge, huge announcement to make. Kicking off the season, we are officially partnered with Lynn Lake Brewing. They announced last week that they are an official packer bar they are in uptown minneapolis we record here we live in the greater minneapolis area the twin cities we're from wisconsin so it only makes sense to you know find a local brewery who obviously plays the packer games on sundays so we are now associated with them very happy we just met with them and it it was a good meeting i I look forward to going there in the future
2: i mean they were pumped they they seemed like very interested to have some kind of camaraderie and Mm -hmm. and and they have beer which is also wow. very good as well. And so, dogs.
1: Yes, they have some
2: really really adorable dogs.
1: Yeah, and they have a f- beer coming out in the future. The uh, poodle. The poodle. Yeah. I don't remember mohawk the Mohawk poodle. They have a yes. poodle at, in their bar and their their new beer is gonna be the Mohawk After
2: poodle. the poodle, because it just got a shave.
1: Yes. And it has a mohawk. Yes. This is all very important stuff. <laughs> so <laughs> hopping into it. Obviously, you know, we didn't want to get into it too soon because it was not the best game, but Packers fell to the Minnesota Vikings, seven to twenty-three. It's been a somber few days here in Viking Land, but we're getting over it. You know, it's the first game of the season. A lot of gloating
2: to uh, look past.
1: Yeah, not fun. I always wear my uh, Packer hat on the job site when I'm, you know, inspecting construction projects, and usually I always get a comments comments about it. And this week was no different, but. Of course, this week on the podcast, we will have our Pick 6, which is, will now be sponsored by Lynn Lake Brewing. We'll figure out what the exact name of that is when we get there. Uh, the but, more yeah, syllables, the better. Yeah, Exactly, yeah. Roll right off the tongue. But, you know, the six plays that shape the game, we'll start off with that. We'll break down the offense and the defense. We'll have Is Kyle an Idiot? Of course, as we always do. And then we will preview the Bears game for next week. But first, Pick 6
0: six pick six pick six, pick
1: six. Yeah! All right, starting things off for the Lynn Lake pick six six pack of the week. Oof that just rolls right <laughs> off the tongue. Well we'll figure it out but yes, the Lynn Lake pick six six pack of the week. that makes sense Beer yeah. and the pick six. I like it. First pick six play of the year. Uh, starting off zero zero in the first. The Vikings have the ball. It's a third and five. They're in their own territory. I think a lot of people have already overlooked this. Kirk Cousins, of course, drops back and finds Justin Jefferson on a little skinny post, beats Eric Stokes, and they pick up 20 yards, converting the first down. That obviously eventually led to the fourth down touchdown to Justin Jefferson, but a little chink in the armor there where, you know, if we stop them on third down, once again, this could be a very different game, and there's a few plays in this game where you could say that why
2: do you say people overlook that
1: well it's because there's been so many things to talk about with the game this week either it being why are we playing zone when we have Jair Alexander why are we making these decisions on the offensive line what would have happened if uh, Christian Watson made that catch well for how bad the defense was in the first half or visually what they were um, I mean obviously they gave up uh, the 17 points but if we stop on that first you know, time they possess the ball, it could once again be a completely different game. Sure. No, and that, that's, that's what I was hoping you were going to say. Yes, of course. Naturally. So that made it 7 uh, nothing right off the bat. The second pick-six play, uh, first quarter still, first and 10, first offensive play for the Green Bay Packers of the season. Everyone knows what happens. Rogers dropped back. Christian Watson beat the shit out of Justin or Justin Jefferson. Patrick Peterson on the line, wide open. And it was one of the prettiest looking balls Rogers has thrown in a while, it seemed like, and it just dropped right into the bucket, right into his hands, but it fell helplessly to the ground, incomplete. And obviously, the f- a few plays later, the Packers ended up punting. As
2: if it was obviously laced with butter or, or melted cheese. But my question is, why? Why did that happen? Not why. Why? Did he, <laughs> no, obviously not why did he drop it? He dropped it. But is that something that you would say, like hypothetically, your head coach? Are you going to put Aaron Rodgers in, or, or his caliber player with that experience in preseason games to yeah. get a couple reps at least no, going that's,
1: forward? That's obviously been a big talking point this week, too, and obviously the first argument. I think overall, the uh, teams that did rest their players in the playoffs went 3-9 and nine or something. But at the same time, we played the Minnesota Vikings, who have an entirely new offense, entirely new defense as far as schemes go. And they came out and you know beat the shit out of us right no, out the gates. So, I'm not
2: saying that they would win or lose in that game. I'm saying that specific play, yeah, not having ever thrown
1: a oh, ball, in, I mean,
2: in a game setting. But it, they
1: they've been in practice. I think that's kind of some BS that people are bringing up too. Because bottom line is you. Practice doesn't change where that ball is dropping into Watson's hands. There was right. nothing wrong. He has wrong. to catch the ball. You got to catch the ball. Okay. You got to catch that ball. You got two white gloves. Come on, pop it right in there and mm-hmm. let's go. It should have been a touchdown.
2: That was but, number two on the Lindell Lake pick six, six pack? Yeah. Cool. Okay.
1: I think we've met our quota for the, <laughs> for the sponsorship. Yeah. Mark it up on the chalkboard. Selling cool. out, yes. Uh, the third pick six play. Obviously, after that, it's still 7 nothing. Uh The next pick six play. Fourth down. Packers go for it on the one yard line obviously this is when they finally got their mojo going a little bit and of course what Matt LaFleur loves to do you know fourth and one runs it out a shotgun hands it off to AJ Dillon and he's smothered pretty good at the line I don't think he got much of anything there Packers turn it over on downs Aaron Rodgers said after the game that he should have kept it it was a bit of a read option so Rodgers had the option to keep the ball, and if he would have, he would have walked right in. And once again, another play that would have completely changed the trajectory of the game.
2: Well, you have a player who you just re-signed on $40, $50 million a year. Mm-hmm. Why would you let him handle a very large play like that? You know,
1: <laughs> Right, yes. Everyone, everyone is wondering why Rodgers was was playing quarterback and had uh-huh. to make the decision there, <laughs> yes. No, it's one of those things, because, and I want to look up the like sabermetrics or whatever on on this because LaFleur loves running it out of shotgun, and I think that's fine. But in these third and short, fourth and short situations, I understand the kind of options you get with the read option there, but it takes more time to hand the ball off to your running back and get him to the line of scrimmage because he's, one, pivoting, going left and right instead of north-south right off the bat and then you still got to get the ball and run straight north and when everyone is crashing at the line of scrimmage you know every millisecond really counts and it seems to always kind of be a problem when we run that in the short yard so
2: is your problem just to confirm it's not that they ran the ball it's that they ran the ball out of shotgun because the The contrary argument could be well you have one of the better power backs
1: right i mean the guy's thighs we talk about it all the time it's it's the formation that we were in okay giving it to aj Dillon, absolutely fine but in that in that formation hell no it's Uh, we've seen enough that it it doesn't work more often than it does that was
2: i was sincerely curious about that opinion well
1: thank you for being honest with me Mm -hmm. you know the best part of i do not lie in this packer podcast thank you after that the score was still seven to nothing obviously uh the next the fourth pick six play and this was probably the worst play of the game. A first and 10. Cousins play fakes to no one. It is a broken play. Drops back, though. Still has enough time. Steps up in the pocket and finds Justin Jefferson. Pretty much wide open, 60 yards downfield. Ends up being a 64-yard completion. Uh, but once again, a little, you know, kind of a... It's kind of the Mike Pettin, hey, you're bad, but you're also good. Uh, they do force the Vikings to eventually just kick the field goal to make it 10-7. to but once again, this was the prime example of the problems with the defense of zone coverage, pass, trying to pass off Justin Jefferson between the two safeties, and he ended up in no man's land, caught the ball, and nearly scored as well.
2: And that kind of set the the theme for for Justin Jefferson. I mean, just continuously knocking us out one time after another.
1: Yeah, it. Uh, you know, they talk about. I think last year was his best statistical game. You know in his career to that point and once again i think every time he plays the packers he has you know a career game so right. awesome great to have you know a similar player as to randy moss was back in the day as well so really really happy about that but hopefully uh you know joe Barry will wake up and come up with a actual defense in the future all right then the next pick six play packers get the ball back uh you know rogers throws a pick we don't have to dive into that too far Vikings get the ball, and they immediately start driving right on the two-minute drill with 45 seconds left. They have a a first and 10 on the 35. Kirk takes the snap, lobs it deep, and there is absolutely nobody there. Uh, You know, one, Justin Jefferson makes that catch. And this is the play where we watched it again ahead of time here, where Adrian Amos chases him down, and he's out of position, and it is... One of the best. I bring him up a lot, but the best. Ha ha. Clinton Dix plays I've seen in a while, where he just runs up, gets to his stance, and does not move. Falls over. I mean, watch the replay. He just falls to his knees. Justin Jefferson sneaks on between him and the sideline, scores the touchdown. Pretty pretty sad. It's kind of uh, like yeah. It's kind of like
2: when when you're playing Madden and you switch to the wrong player and you <laughs> click a button and they fall. That is exactly what I thought of when I first saw it. It's like, did someone auto control him to his knees? Like it, what, what's going on?
1: Yeah, accidentally hitting circle or whatever. Yeah, and now that's, all of a sudden, you go it from a defensive it, lineman to a safety. Yeah. It, 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 Not great. And that brought the score to 17-0. Going into half. Yes, going into halftime after that. And after that, we only have one more pick six play. <laughs> after the Vikings field goal and a Packers touchdown. So fast forward a little bit here. Fourth quarter third and six Packers at midfield Rodgers drops back starts getting pressured runs to the right looks like he's going to get the ball off but is then sacked game is pretty much over after that uh, making the score 7 20 but it was one of those several times during this game too where you're getting ready for a little bit more of you know some Aaron Rodgers magic you see him kind of break out of a tackle or get out of the pocket you see him look downfield but then he kind of settles and, you know, ends up getting a sack.
2: Well, a lot of times, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm on the phone a few times throughout the game. I don't know if you are. I'm calling my dad or some friends. and uh-huh. I'm like, I'm not worried. We're okay. Mm-hmm. We're okay still. Obviously, would I like to be winning? Of course. But when we're at seven or when we're driving to score that touchdown after half, I called my cousin. Okay. And he was like, we're good. We're good. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. I'm not even sweating. And he is a guy who does sweat. He's so a sweater. He's a sweater. But. You know, like like you just said, a lot of times through the game we had these glimpses of this is going to turn around. Mm-hmm. We're going to see Packers do what Packers do, right? And it just never completed. That's you know that's it, what's
1: nice because like you know like I said, this is the last pick six play. It's the fourth quarter and it's a sack. It it wasn't until then where it's like okay, the game's actually over we can't now.
2: tie it together and just move on. Yes, and,
1: and there's different ways to look at it too. You know. I, there's always ways you can, you know, just uh change change your mind of the game. The Vikings, you know, after halftime, they were up 17-0. However, they ended up winning the game uh twenty-three to seven, meaning the Packers scored more points in the second half than the Vikings. So if sure. you judge it just by halves, the Vikings won the first half, the Packers <laughs> won the second half. It's, a very, very, it's, it's no, pretty much a tie in my I,
2: book. Okay. Now here's a question. Yes. Um again pretend we had Devonte. do we win that that game and i say that because there's the biggest <sighs> thing that pissed me off yeah. about the entire game uh-huh. i don't know if you saw it or how you watched the game but uh, on yeah, the corner of yeah. the screen i'm like you know it says packers total yards 48 mm-hmm. Devonte adams current yards mm-hmm. 96 you know at one point in time it was two minutes left in the half i think Devonte caught more balls than the entire packers yeah wide receiver I, court.
1: I absolutely hate that shit it's it's i don't care i know it's too much of an overarching thing too because everything is just clickbait and headlines you know not getting actual facts and with that it's like you know if three weeks from now the packers put up 40 points and everyone goes off and Devonte adams has an average game of like you know two touched or a touchdown or two and 80 some yards no one's gonna throw up those stats right but of course the first game we had to, you know, when you can draw headlines for not
2: paying the guy. Absolutely. But I guess what I meant by that wasn't to draw comparisons as much as it is to say if Rodgers wasn't playing with two rookie receivers as part of his core, yeah. you know, um are some of those balls getting caught? Is he getting rid of the ball a little bit quicker? Is he not taking four sacks? Is are there yeah. things not 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 turning points in the game, but small little pieces that are really going to affect just well, the game flow and how that offense is moving the ball.
1: Even, you could say that, but I guess we'll see this week, too, just ha- getting Alan Lazard back. Now, he isn't Devontae Adams, obviously, but he's still... That's, Not a rookie, and this familiarity. He's that safety blanket when the only real safety blanket that Rodgers had was probably Randall Cobb in this game, and he only had the two catches, I think, so it's... That's- it's just getting into a flow. Rodgers wasn't able to get into a flow. We'll see what happens. I think there still should have been a better game plan, getting, you know, the running backs of the ball a little bit more. But
2: when I was checking my fan duel mm. afterwards, mm-hmm. I was shocked at a couple stats. <laughs> okay. I don't know if this is the point okay. to talk about those sure. stats. Yeah, why not? But um Aaron Jones, I think, had five carries for forty eight yards.
1: Yeah, it was something like that. And
2: I was like, as a packer fan but also i played him in my fan duel lineup i'm kind of pissed too because that lineup's in the shitter yep and and the dude the dude is <laughs> that's what is, we all care is about, averaging yes. 10 yards a carry yeah obviously he had you know what the 18 yard carry or whatever that helps out but it, it's like why aren't these guys getting the ball and then i noticed that they're also the main target if you look at the targets yeah i think it went yeah, uh, I'll, I'll run we'll, through. We'll I'll, okay, r- okay. I'll run yeah, through everything that. right here.
1: So moving on to running backs, that was a game. Packers lost. I don't know if you guys uh forgot. Uh 7 to 23 in Minnesota. Starting off with the running backs, because they probably should have been more involved. Aaron Jones had five carries, 49 yards, a 9.8 average. Aaron or uh, AJ Dillon, 10 carries, 45 yards, a 4.5 average. They were also both uh great receivers. AJ Dillon had five receptions for uh, 46 yards and then Aaron Jones had three receptions for 27 he had the long reception too of 22 but yeah overall both guys only touched the ball 23 times I believe that was out of 61 plays and it's been an ongoing issue with Matt LaFleur to Anytime you have one of these games and I think this was only his 11th loss as head coach seems like every time he loses he's like yeah we should have stuck with the with the ball running the ball more should have given Aaron Jones the ball more as well. So I don't know. It's an ongoing thing. You A big talk this week around the game as well is, you know, we have all these option plays where Rodgers could potentially pass or throw or sorry, pass or hand the ball off. We don't know how many of those actually happen or he just made a check at the line that was a run play and he instead passes it. So we'll see. But obviously those two guys need to be getting the ball a lot more. I mean, Aaron Jones had a couple nice gashing runs, and there was the one where the, the long run he had, to where you saw Romeo Dubs lead blocking. That was pretty cool to see. Um, and on back-to-back plays, Aaron Jones had a 22-yard reception, followed up with a first-down reception from A.J. Dillon. It just seemed like those guys should be the motor of this offense. Well, and, and they're your they playmakers. In, yeah, they're your playmakers, and once, you know, I bl- the Vikings were playing some deep safety looks as well. If you can run the ball more, or at least have those guys cheat up, and then you can start Trying to, you know, feed the ball out wide to your rookie talented wide receivers or just these veterans who know where to get open. Now you got, you know. And you can threaten, obviously. I'm not a coach, but, you know,
2: Mm -hmm. when you, when you, work your run game uh, the defense is going to adjust for that and then you can open
1: up your receivers a bit more exactly i mean, it's, I mean of course it's, right it's fan it's stupid fans speak 101 it's like oh if well, my uh, dumb brain can come up with this why isn't the head coach I mean, when but... i'm playing madden that's what works and the
2: other person uh, adjusts you exactly
1: know? yeah we'll see and aj Dillon was the uh, second highest rated player according to pro football focus behind just josiah deguara so we'll Bef- see what
2: happens before but, we go on Mm-hmm. Um, I want to talk about not plays that could have changed the game, mm. but small, one small thing I saw that I kind of like high fived. You know, I love okay. I love seeing okay. it. Uh, I don't remember what quarter it was in, and I'm sure everyone's seen it on ESPN or if it's I'm sure it's going around. Sure. There's the block from Aaron Rodgers.
1: Oh, yeah. And
2: then uh, Zadarius yeah. comes over and like he's like, that was the shit, man, or whatever he said. I, I don't like to see Aaron Rodgers blocking like that, obviously, mm-hmm. but it was cool to see. Like to be like it like, was it was fun. It was a fun to watch moment and then Aaron smiling and Zedarius and you know, obviously as a It was a Pulse it was Packer, a fine it's a cool moment,
1: right? Sure, it was a fine interaction, but I fucking hate Zedarius Smith. Oh, uh, but okay. in that moment it was okay because Rogers runs out, blocks, doesn't really do anything. He tries to pop up to get in Zedarius's face and he kind of trips over himself, eventually yeah. gets up and I believe Zadarius like flexes at him. And is like yelling at him, says something, and then Rogers gets up and puts his face mask against Zadarius's. And what I thought was weird is Rogers does that, and Zadarius immediately like looks away and walks off. And I was like, you know, Rogers tumbling over and you know getting blocked was a little embarrassing, but it was strange to see Zedarius just turn a cheek pretty much immediately after, like he almost took the L. Then after the game, too, I believe uh, a reporter asked rogers about Zedarius and his play and he said i don't have anything to say about Zedarius." so oh. it was kind
2: of a weird he, i misinterpreted the play then i, I thought well, it was like two past teammates yeah kind of jiving with each other having some fun like what, liking
1: it what i'm saying is i don't know what it was okay it's a little bit of both it seemed like one of those playful things in the moment but then after rogers you know kind of thought about it i don't know who okay you know who really cares no right very important game within the game but right uh, yeah not
2: not an important moment either just like i said a cool one as a pass packer and and rogers you know kind of taking a out-of-position play. You yes, know? and
1: Zedarius did have a sack in the game, but he also did grade up very poorly on pro football focus, so this is one of the times where we will say pro football focus is correct in their, in their grades. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, we will talk about him as well. He uh, played quarterback on Sunday. He was 22 out of 34, 195 yards, just the one pick, no touchdowns, and was sacked four times. He had a rating of 67.7. Not very good, not the way you want him to start the season, but...
2: Also, I think it's worth mentioning that I think eight or nine of those completions were quick lobs to his running back.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, that was the thing, too, because, yeah, Aaron, jo- Aaron Jones, Uh, how many catches? A.J. Dillon had five receptions, Aaron Jones had three. So yes, Okay, so a eight, eight. Yeah. and that's, I mean, not to say that's not
2: a real pass, it is, but <sighs> it's...
1: It's weird because you almost want to do a Freaky Friday with Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers because Kirk, Kirk Cousins got the ball, sn- you know, let it out pretty quick. He was pressured on like 46, 42% of of snaps. Kirk was pressured, but he just got the ball out so quick. With Rodgers, it really felt like he was feeling either real pressure or phantom pressure, and he checked down quite a bit, you know, never want to get too pissed at a completion when he didn't seem to ever take the check down back in like 2018. But yeah, not, not something you expect to see out of the two-time you know, back-to-back MVP uh, in Aaron Rodgers. Obviously, you're going to have your thought on
2: this, but do you rule some of that? up to not having a familiar core of receivers again yeah, i mean we'll
1: that... we'll see what happens as the season goes on because once again we were in kind of that weird spot where alan lazard is the quote unquote one but this is more so a one for being a veteran being reliable so it's like you have that core of alan lazard randall cobb and sammy watkins whatever he ends up doing this year and then behind them you have the very talented explosive christian watson romeo dub so it's Keep that veteran core, try to work through them at the beginning of the year, and then, you know, switch in and see what you got in these rookies, which it's it's tough to manage that. And that's look just looking at the receivers when you still have the running backs that we're talking about having to get the ball more. You have Robert Tunyon who's coming back, and I think he could be, you know, a very huge presence on this offense huge. as well. So I mean,
2: you've liked Tunyon for three years four years i mean right? i like everyone on the pack i mean, yes, sure
1: yes it's
2: i, I also yeah. i know i know you're on one but i want to say i'm on comparing one. well you know comparing <laughs> cousins to rogers in that specific game you're kind of not fair i would say because with with rogers obviously you just mentioned his yeah. whole receiving core Thielen, two years ago was what like the fourth overall best wide receiver, yeah, in the league. I, yeah, and this he, year, he obviously Justin has, Jefferson, yeah. number one. So you got a guy who has weapons that he has trust with, that he he knows and can go to. I guess,
1: but this uh, is st- we're still talking about the two-time MVP. We're still talking about pros here. Sure, you, you expect still someone who can
2: pay that kind of money to make those kinds of plays. Yeah. I'm just saying, I I think as the year progresses, obviously we're going to fall into a more uh, what we typically see.
1: Well, yeah, one would hope. And if not, I mean, then the whole the whole season will be lost. So. Right. Well, I saw the whole
2: <laughs> right. Right. I saw the whole meme of like Aaron Rodgers week ones are just by oh, don't God. matter because, you know,
1: we go last year Dude, that that I, shit. Yeah. And I I've, I've tweeted it too. that shit pisses me off so much because, of course, you know, last year we get blown out by the Saints and you see Rodgers on the sideline and everyone's like, oh, he's so aloof. He doesn't care. And this year, of course, they've got to have all the zoom ins of Rodgers face. Any little reaction, anytime he shakes his head is just a big fucking deal. And it's like. Hey, I don't know if people know this, but uh, professional athletes don't like losing games. And for whatever, it's like he swore a couple times and yelled on the sidelines. And that was the biggest thing that they got. Did you expect him to be happy after Watson drops a perfect ball for a 75-yard touchdown? Probably not.
2: I I would say even beyond that, even if they're winning by four scores, you're going to have moments where... As a professional athlete, you want your teammates to do something differently that you've yeah. been working on. So it's like win or lose. That's not even what the case is. It's the uh, the, the coverage trying to find a reason, like you saying, yeah. to pick apart, to to draw a narrative for for a discussion point.
1: Yeah, with with Rodgers all the time, you know, anytime they can use it, they do. And then Tom Brady, you very rarely see it. Maybe Monday Night Football when he really blows up and literally destroys a tablet. Is it? Is it uh, a story? But with Rodgers, of course, it's the number one joke that's going around. But, yeah, we'll have to see what happens with him. I think when we get a better offensive line around Rodgers as well, he gets a little more familiar with the new receivers. Not worried yet, but it's like, hey, we wish uh, something more could have happened.
2: Are here. we full strength week two?
1: Uh, probably not. Okay. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, moving on to wide receivers. We talked about them a little bit already. But starting off, let's talk about Mr. Christian Watson Two catches, 34 yards, obviously the gigantic drop. Um, I don't know. He showed up pretty well in the run game. He blocked a lot. I think more than anything, he snapped a lot more than, he played a lot more snaps than I was expecting. He had no preseason snaps, was injured most of training camp, but they felt comfortable with him enough to throw him in. Obviously, the first play they went to him, and a lot of times in the run game, too, they ran on his side. Not something you see too much from a rookie uh and also on tape and you see the clips on Twitter all the stupid nerds on Twitter who you know taking out of context clips but there was a few times where he was running free and you know this is this is me I'm a very you know very biased opinion here but going into the season I was you know obviously like everyone else very much in on Romeo Dubs and Christian Watson I've thought since we drafted him had very high potential to be a bust and I still think that could be true but watching him on Sunday I think he could be really, I mean, this isn't say much, like obviously everyone has potential, but I think he could be really fucking good. The thing with him is he, like MVS was fast, but he wasn't as quick as Watson too. Like Watson is getting open off the line and MVS would have to get long strides deep until that happened. Obviously Watson's hands, will have to see what happens with him, but fuck man, he's a pretty well-rounded guy as long as he can stay healthy and he's... A little more of a f <laughs> I don't want to say frail, but he's a very skinny dude too, even for how big he is. But man, I really think mid season, this guy could be an absolute stud. We'll have to see. But I was very, very Was he impressed. the first
2: he was drafted before Dobbs, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Watson was taken early in the second round. We moved up and actually traded with the Vikings to get him. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with him. Um Romeo Dubbs had a couple big catches. He had the long one late. Uh Later, you know, I think the first drive as well on the third down, Rodgers threw at him. Uh, Greg Olson made the comment that it looks like that they weren't on the same page, and the rookie probably made the wrong, ran the wrong route. Rogers said post game that actually that was just a throwaway. So it, it seems Romeo Dubs at least this week avoided the wrath of Aaron Rodgers.
2: Would you say it's Watson one over Dubs? I mean, if if you're no doing a depth chart I have,
1: here. I have no idea. I mean, they have the depth chart and like what Matt says. Every week, too, depending on the matchup, it'll be different. But especially the first half of this year, I don't think we're gonna have any idea who the one through four okay. or five. Okay, because I'm saying Lazard.
2: Let's say Lazard comes back right next week. Yep is is there?
1: He did practice today too, so that's looking like okay.
2: So next week, do we know is, is, no. who's lining up?
1: No. We, we won't know until later in the week, but it seems like right now the only guy that might not would be running who had the concussion. But okay, we'll talk about that when we get to the offensive line as A well. A lot of
2: FanDuel listeners. In this one, I think they come to
1: your podcast for the <laughs> Packer specific game. Yeah, and it'll so. be it'll be interesting these next few weeks too, because even people who are educated on it, it's like you're just throwing darts at a board, right? With with all these receivers,
2: see who's gonna step up exactly who you trust.
1: Yeah, so we'll see what happens with Romeo Dubs. It seems like early on, he's already having a decent enough connection. At least didn't get any fuck use from Aaron Rodgers that we saw. Uh, Randall Cobb, you know, didn't have a huge game. Obviously, <laughs> he had the one catch for the third down conversion, which was nice. The um. Deep bomb to him, too, at the end of the first half, which was the most Jordan love throw from Aaron Rodgers, which is not a compliment. Just lobbed it up there to the shortest receiver you have on the team, maybe besides Amari Rodgers. And no chance Harrison Smith obviously picked that ball off. So we'll see what ha- what Cobb's role is going forward, too. I was a little surprised. I, with. I was
2: literally going to ask that. If, if you think he's here for a safety blanket right now, some trust factor, someone to go to, if when we're healthy and our rookies are a little bit more seasoned, is, is Randall still going to have a place in this starting lineup consistently?
1: I don't know. Once again, it's always going to be moving parts on this offense. Randall Cobb last year, too, not only was he um, you know, very productive on third down, but that's mostly what he played. He didn't play on sure. early downs too much either. He is an older guy, too, not best at blocking. So getting him in there... Is he and- still pretty fast? I mean, dude's 32 years old. Yeah, he's... I mean, he's. it's tough to say. He's... He's quick. I'd say he's more quick than fast. Okay. You know, we we get those plays some years too. I think even 2018 where he had that long touchdown where it's like, oh shit, he can still run. But that was also three years ago ago and probably a couple surgeries ago too. Um, Moving on, Sammy Watkins, a little bit of a letdown. He did have three receptions, 18 yards. Why is he a letdown? Well, because he had three receptions and 18 yards. Three targets, three receptions. So
2: do you blame that up to Aaron or or Sammy?
1: I don't know. We'll see. It's still so early in the season. They're feeling each other out. We'll see. I think overall we just wanted a little bit more out of the pass catchers. Okay. Moving on to tight end. Robert Tunyon. I don't know. I don't know if you want to say it's a nice game. We still have some moving parts in the offensive line, so we had to stay in the block a bit, but obviously the one big catch that he had the reception for 23 yards was pretty cool he did finish with three receptions and 36 yards but to see him get in space and just take off was nice to see him run full speed and look like an actual NFL player when a lot of us didn't think he would probably even suit up these first four games
2: yeah I I loved watching him and I mean I've had a a spot for him because you've been high on him so Mm -hmm. I've been like Extra interested, I guess, and finally seeing that come to fruition. I remember last year, he'd be like, "Oh, this is his game. This is his game." Yes, and you might not even get a look. And it seems to be that this is kind of maybe finding a role for him in the offense now as a as a stable.
1: We'll see, because he'll he'll always be there blocking. And you know, as far as like fantasy football or FanDuel is concerned, yeah, maybe in the red zone, he, sure, he, he could get those targets. But once Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins are back, if Bakhtiari ever comes back. I think he'll really be a player because he's, uh, because then he won't have to block as much and the offensive line will be a little bit more, you know, ready to go. Speaking of ready to go, uh, a group that was not ready to go, the offensive line, uh, not very good. Let's just dive right into, uh, Mr. Jake Hansen. Jake Hansen, who was a mid to late round pick, I think it was a sixth round pick. Uh, three, this is his third season in the NFL. No one has ever said anything real positive about him. Aside from, really, the coaching staff here and there, he just always, every time he's made the roster, it's been a surprise. Besides this year, just because we assumed he would make it, because he always seems to just make it, starts at right guard. Uh, the right side of the, of the line uh, <laughs> between Jake Hansen and Royce Newman combined for seven pressures. The line as a whole gave up 11. Yash uh, Nyman didn't play very well either. Running got hurt. Zach Tom came in and played in his absence. So, and this has been, you know, a lot of other people have talked about this as well, but it doesn't make sense what's going on with the offensive line. I think Adam Stenovich, now offensive coordinator, the last three years he was our offensive line coach. I think he's a great coach, and I'm also speaking out of my ass here. But the thing that constantly seems to be an issue with him is setting the offensive line. Now this offseason there was a lot of press conferences when not a lot when not a lot was going on so they got into more of the playoffs and those decisions so one thing that came up if you remember back then was the offensive line decisions so the packers elected to have dennis kelly play tackle when yash nyman had been playing for the majority of the year that ended up being a you know the wrong choice and i believe stendovich even admitted to that being you know the wrong choice this off season now, the year before that, I don't think there was a big issue then. Uh, you know, we had uh who what was his name? Ricky Wagner. We had Rick Wagner in and started at tackle and he got absolutely demolished. We didn't have a lot of options there, but there was a couple other guys that could have been thrown in the mix. The first year, uh Elton Jenkins as a rookie, wasn't able to somehow make it over Lane Taylor when everyone knew Lane Taylor was an older, not as good player. So I don't know. It, uh, it's, it isn't great when the fans are looking at it and it appears that we seem to be right because they always harp that the best five are going to be the offensive linemen. And it's kind of like, you know, what the GM says going into the draft that you take the best player available. You just say that and you can do whatever you want. And then, you know, the media will just agree with you and be like, oh, well, they're trying to get the most talented people on the team or on the field. But it makes no sense to me. So Zach Tom comes in, fills in at left guard when running and gets hurt, and he plays fine. Uh, Jake Hansen, who played right guard, and I don't know why we don't have uh, Zach Tom taking snaps at right guard anyways. He graded out at, I think it was 14 or 17 in pass blocking, according to Pro Football Focus. And once again, you don't always just live and die by that. But that is a rating out of 100. So he... We made fun of Garrett Bradbury a few years ago. I think he had a zero or a single-digit rating. Well, this isn't much better. And this is the guy, week one, that the Green Bay Packers thought should be starting at right guard. It's just very odd decisions. I don't think Hanson should be on the team, let alone starting. And there's a couple other things that are just strange about it. So Hanson, like I said, shouldn't be on the team. But on top of it, Royce Newman, this was his first time playing tackle since college, and he played guard all of last year I don't it makes the most sense once again from left to right to have Yasher, David Bakhtiari Runyon Myers at right guard you have Elton Jenkins or or Newman at guard instead of tackle and then you have Zach Tom out there at right tackle it doesn't make any sense once again Newman was not great but he was familiar with right guard all of last year and then the first game of the season you're putting him at right tackle on top of that Jake Hansen he's already bad Apparently, I think John uh, John Meerding from Blue58, he pointed this out. This was Jake Hansen's first time playing guard, period. I think if he ever played before, it was in high school. He was a center in college, and in high school he played tackle. So you put Royce Newman out at tackle, he hasn't played tackle in the NFL, and you put Jake Hansen at right guard when he hasn't played a you know any type of competitive game at that position. It's just very confusing to me. As someone who fully agrees with that tangent, thank you. Um, I, I do. I I don't
2: know how this is gonna line up or make sense. Uh-huh. But is there some kind of of number or or something we can look at besides Pro Football Focus that says <laughs> right. our like? Time in pocket before pressure. Well, is there something to say what you're... To give what you're saying more validity than a third party, not even stats, just a ranking system? Well, it's system, just win rates. Right? So
1: you, you can watch. And anytime he's getting pressure, it was usually from the right side of the okay. offensive line. It's, I, it's one, it's the eyeball test. And then later on, you get that backed up by seeing some stupid stats, whether it's being win rate or pro football focus or whatever. Right. Because what I like to...
2: Like what helps me understand something when someone says this Uh-oh. is better than that, uh-huh. I like to know like why, right? So, like, mm. oh, when he's here, they have an extra half a second before pressure comes in and he has to get rid of the ball. Yes. Or they let X amount more sacks in than average. Sure. So, that's what I was wondering. If, if there was... Could you obviously see uh, someone who is more intricate with the game um, more pressure quickly from that side than the other side? Yeah, he's, or is he's, just, 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 he's just... It's, bad, very, clear. He's it's just, very clear. He's just bad. Yeah. Okay. It's, that's, I mean, you, hey.
1: you watch the game, he looks bad, you see stats after, he's bad. Nobody... I haven't seen anyone arguing for Jake Hansen at Right.
2: As stated, I fully agree with everything you've said. Good. Okay. I don't know why you pushed back the opposite <laughs>
1: way, but I understand. Well, I wanted to hear. I yeah. wanted to
2: hear if there was more You wanted to hear your own voice, huh? Well, obviously. You yeah, know, okay. that's, that's understandable. That's so what we're all here for.
1: With that, that is it for the offense. We will have a quick commercial break. All right. Moving on to the defense. Obviously not uh, not the best game out of them, uh, giving up 23 points. So I'm not worried about the defense yet, uh, but it does seem that Joe Barry isn't very good at adjusting. Well, I mean, once again, there's two ways to look at it. He did adjust in the second half because they only had the six points, the two field goals after that, but I don't know how you get into, I go back and forth with it. So obviously, you know, after the game's over, how could you let Justin Jefferson be that get that open? How do you not play J.R. Alexander and man? But at the same time, you know, historically, we can look back to last year when Justin Jefferson carved carved us up, but Delvin Cook has owned us more than Justin Jefferson has in the past. Now, I think that's probably why we played a little bit more base early on, and with the better defensive linemen and inside linebackers, I think we were naturally just able to contain Delvin a little bit more. But I don't know. There was a big perception of this defense in the offseason that it's so talented, and Joe Barry can just work his way around his scheme. And give up very few points, but very early on, already some question marks. So I'm I'm excited about the defense still too. But just looking back, it does seem a little false. Obviously, we still have some more talent this year as well with the rookies and everything. But aside from the playoff game, it's not like they performed all that well. You look at week 17, we gave up quite we gave up uh 37 points to the Lions. The week before that, we played Sean Mannion. So who cares? The week before that, we played the Browns on Christmas. And if you remember that game, Baker had like four or five picks. And if they would have just ran the ball, there's a good chance they would have won that game. And they're the Browns. The week before that, we played the Ravens, who, with their backup quarterback, they put up a shit ton of yards as well. And then before that, we had the Rams, Bears, and Vikes. And they all put up at least 28 points. And those, you know, especially the Bears and Vikings aren't, you know, spectacular teams. So we had a nice end of the year, but. It makes you think twice about Joe Barry. I I don't
2: know mm-hmm. exactly if I agree. My point's probably not the best one. But I agree, yep. We held him to 23, mm-hmm. right? And if you look at just something as simple as the projected wins for a team. no oh God. The yep. Vikings are at, I want to say, 10.5 for the season. Sure. Okay? Yep. So I would say a team that is 500 on average, their game, if you look at like a Vegas line, is going to be in the 48 to 50. Okay. Which means you're expecting them to score on an average between 25-plus points. Sure. Right? To get that win. Sure. And we held them below that. So I I don't know if you just look at that side of it. I know it took a long way to get there. But if you look at that side of it, and as you said even before, six points in the second half. So chalk it up to first half... Uh, it's, Fritters six points in the second half for a top 500 even offense is is great to yeah, hold them to you're, you're
1: not right. wrong it's tough because it's kind of like what we've talked about in the past too like a Mike Pettin defense where we get all pissed off but at the end of the of the day we were like most of the time huh? well they were good enough and they were probably good enough on Sunday but obviously it's just a little bit tougher when your offense doesn't much a, doesn't do much of anything a couple
2: either. caught passes a, a couple extra feet for that Mm. touchdown feet yes uh you know Mm -hmm. i mean it it is probably enough our defense probably did more than enough to help us win that game they did their part they might not have saved the game yeah but i would say they did their part to to get us a win If our offense did their part.
1: Yes. And once again, kind of like the offense, there's a couple plays that if they break our way, if we just do the bare minimum, it's a different game. The other thing I think of too, obviously, we say this a lot, but it doesn't seem like Barry schemes very well against offenses. I'm going to say this Kevin O'Connell, who knows how good of a coach he's going to be. Everyone's like, oh my God, you know, they tortured us, all this. He's a great offensive coordinator. He very well could be. But it's also like, you know, a band's first album in my eyes. Sure. So, and this is what they've people have said in the music industry, that first album took ten years to make. It's all it's all your best shit that you've been working on forever until you finally got that chance. That was that was this, you know, for Kevin O'Connell. He's had all off season looking at this game, obviously we did too. But this is his first time being a head coach, Colin plays. Like he had to have been really going above and beyond to have this be the best of the best as far as a scheme to attack the well,
2: you kinda defense. gotta prove your prove your worth, right? Get the that fans too. on board with you. You know, he's coming in after how long was Zimmer here? There. Yeah. In the city. Not I guess. long enough. In Minnesota. Yeah, I wish, Sure, I wish he was there. Right. Longer. So, like you said, I mean, yeah, you you want you got something to prove. You want to say, I'm here. And and that's what he did. Here I am. I'm a boy. I'm, Boom. I'm going to win this game. He yes. the boy. And once we learned what he was doing, six points in the second half.
1: Again, <laughs> right. Packers defense. So, moving on inside linebacker, we'll go uh, positional breakdown here. Quay Walker, very excited about him. Uh, hard not to be excited watching him play. His instincts and quickness, the way he chases down uh, running backs and tight ends, receivers. I mean, the fact that he was he was matched up on Justin Jefferson, which we don't like. Preston Smith obviously was as well at times. But he doesn't look out of place on the defense hardly ever. The thing that throws me off is, one, his number seven. But two, he, he seems to be a little small. I don't know if it's just the seven that like shrinks the size of his jersey almost. But it's a little... <laughs> it that those are like the negatives other than that you know he got banged up to what do
2: you have against number seven
1: well, it's weird. So the NFL last year changed the rule because usually linebackers are only Oh, numbers. sure. The now they can be any number, anyone, right? Okay. So now they can be anything. So I, I didn't know if there digit. was some
2: conspiracy or, or, oh, or no. stigma you had against... I was a big know.
1: fan of Don Mikowski, the okay. old quarterback in the 90s. And yeah, he took that over. Uh-huh. But or yeah. when
2: you were a child and like Pony League, you know, number seven beat you out and you just never stood for it since. Yes, I wish that was the case, but no, <laughs> that never happened. Uh,
1: but yeah, I love Quay Walker. It's nice to see that energy. And he's such... For a rookie, the demeanor that he has as well is very, very very impressive. You know, you can hardly tell the difference between him and Campbell at times. Sure. It's great. You know, he looked like a first round pick, which a lot of people questioned that when we took him back in April as well. Uh, We'll see what happens with Chris Barnes. He did get hurt in that game. Obviously, everyone saw the cart come out and put an air cast, but it sounds like it's going to be a high ankle sprain. He didn't break anything. So,
2: is that a couple weeks then? or, or Sounds like it'll be like? a
1: couple weeks, but high ankle sprains are huge variables. It could be four weeks. It could okay. be 10 weeks. Sometimes Is that something it that kind of really...
2: lingers too? He comes back. He's not full strength. Sometimes,
1: it's... but yeah, with the Packers, they're very conservative medical sure. staff, so I don't think they'd rush him. So maybe we'll see some Isaiah McDuffie next week. But once again, Quay Walker, he did practice on Wednesday, so he should be good to go. Moving on to outside linebacker, Rashawn Gary, didn't have the game you we were expecting for a potential defensive player of the year, but he was still pretty damn solid. Uh, he had a sack in the first quarter, and once again, kind of like Kirk Cousins on offense for Sean Gary is kind of that on defense. He was top 10 for a win rate against the offensive line. He's also top 10 in pressures in the NFL, tied for eighth. Uh, moving on, Preston Smith. He had five pressures, which was one more than Preston, so he's also in the top 10 for pressures in the league. Lined up at Justin Jefferson, which at this point we just... You know, you have to wait for those screen grabs every year because it just happens all the time where he's eventually lined up against a wide receiver. Uh, J.J. Enigbare, the rookie, a lot of people thought he might not even suit up, but he uh, obviously did on Sunday. He only played 10 snaps, which was two less than Jonathan Garvin, but he actually graded out as one of the highest players on defense. So we'll see what happens from him. You don't expect too much out of rookie Edge guys, especially mid-round picks. But, yeah, any any thoughts on the on the edge rushers there, Andrew? I mean, I agree with your take Good. for the most you part. Uh-huh. You know, solid, top tens across cool. the board. Cool, perfect. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Moving on to corner, obviously Jair Alexander. There was a lot of talk about him this week. He said after the game that if it was up to him, he would have matched up with Justin Jefferson the whole game. That obviously did not happen. Overall, he played pretty well. Uh, he had that third down stop on Adam Thielen early in the game, too. But, you know, we'll see what happens with him going forward and just how do if they our, do change the scheme to work around him more than they did this week.
2: How do our cornerbacks rank
1: league-wise? I don't know. Well, we don't know. I know it's week one. but it, It's I, week I mean, one. We Coming into this year, we thought it was one of the better trios in the league. It's just one week, so I don't know. You can't really make any real long-term judgments until it, at least four games in why the Why
2: was it just a, a, a couple of, of breaks or, or mistakes? It was or miscommunications.
1: Was it was miscommunications in the secondary. They play a lot of zone defense, so when that happens, you have to pass guys off into another zone. Well, if the guy you're passing it off to is, you know, cheating and his eyes is catching the quarterback, or he sure. cheats one way or the other, and now that guy who got passed on breaks free, you're fucked. And that's what we saw. So we're,
2: that's it's miscommunication essentially that we're seeing. Yes. It's not lack of speed or ability from from our cornerbacks that are allowing, you know, someone like Jefferson to yes. just. run all over him
1: right yeah so i don't know that's what i was
2: concerned about i I didn't want you to come in and say oh yeah alexander can only he's half you know doesn't have a a left foot
1: yes moving on eric stokes who was the other outside corner once again not a great game in minnesota last year got absolutely torn up probably a little bit better uh this week we keep seeing it more and more with him though that he is kind of only an outside corner kind of like what we talked about uh, what i was saying about mbs how he's fast but not exactly quick it's kind of the same thing with Stokes, how he ran in a 40 in a straight line very fast. But as far as the lateral movements, not very good. He uses the sideline quite a bit. Um, but yeah, they picked on him quite a bit anytime they could get Justin Jefferson in his area. You know, he's kind of, you know, everyone's talking about how we should play more man because of Jair. Well, Stokes is a pretty good guy to play in zone. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Razul Douglas didn't have a great game. A lot of JJ's stats were attributed to him, but what are you going to do? It was kind of a free-for-all overall in that game. Moving on to safety, Savage and Amos. We've talked about them more than enough, but they were... they each had their lowest grades according to Pro Football Focus of their career. Once again, even if you don't agree with Pro Football Focus, the fact that both of them had their worst grades ever is pretty telling.
2: Is Pro Football Focus a stat-based or opinion-based merit? What, what
1: pro fo- yeah, great question. So what Pro Football Focus does, and I feel like a lot of people don't know this, they have a handful of guys. I don't know if it's three or five. They watch every single player on every single play. So they'll watch... You know, if they're grading the Packers' defense, they'll watch it 11 times and give a grade zero to 100. You know, either it's you know pass defense or this. They'll for like a corner, it'll be pass defense, run defense, and overall. So these multiple guys will each give their grades, and then they average it out, and that's what the Pro Football Focus grade is. Okay,
2: so there might be some bias on win loss. Sure. For the game, you know, because if your team wins, no, well, no, no, no,
1: that that doesn't matter. That does not matter at all. There could be you know innate. Biases with towards a people. team, of
2: course, or a person.
1: Sure, but you know you're supposed to believe them that that doesn't happen. And a lot of times, people do disagree with PFF grades. Maybe there's five plays where someone just disappears, but that sixth play, they get a sack. You know, like
2: oh, they watch a random number of plays.
1: They watch no five
2: plays per t- person.
1: They'll watch they'll watch all the plays for all that the person. plays. Okay, yes. got it. And then got they all grade it. it. Like you know, Zaire Smith. People on the surface would say, wow he had a good game on Sunday." Pro Football Focus gave him a grade of 55. Okay, so who are you going to? Well, play?
2: that's actually pretty. I, I like that. I didn't know that it was like that. That is a very good... Yeah, it's... Better than I expected for what you were going to say.
1: Yeah, it's... It's no, not Tom in his basement a
2: ranking how much he likes players' names. Kind of, maybe. Well, yeah,
1: kind of is. Sure. Not <laughs> one
2: guy just saying, oh, the Packers won. Their defense must have done good. A different you way know? of looking at it, Yeah, Sure.
1: Uh, moving on to the defensive line. Kenny Clark played 69% of the snaps. Jaron Reed p- played 68 And Dean Lowry played 61 Kind of a nice little mix between those three guys, especially when in nickel, they, you know, usually only have two defensive linemen. So nice to see Jerron Reed eating up those snaps instead of someone like Tyler Lancaster in years past. Uh Kenny Clark, you know, once again, anytime we play the Vikings, we get our annual clip of Clark just... Reggie Whiting someone and just throwing them to the side that once again happened on Sunday Jaron Reed looked pretty good he I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him he's kind of a more under the radar guy we did give him quite a bit of money this offseason at least up front but you know we'll we'll see later on when I don't know it Kurt Cousins as much as we don't like him he seems to be more of a Tom Brady type where he just gets the ball off as quick as possible TJ Slayton he's been showing up more the past couple you know we've heard of him a lot more during training camp and even just this week he had a lot more snaps he had 18 and it allowed them to play a couple different formations I believe at one point they had four defensive linemen in which is probably a record with under Matt LaFleur at least so with the more talent and bigger guys on the defensive line we have a little bit more flexibility going forward there Um, moving on to special teams actually pretty good. It does seem like these games where the offense and defense are terrible, the special teams, you know, isn't a problem. Coverage was good. You know, they made the one extra point. The punts were fine. The punt coverage was fine. The punt protection wasn't the best, but we'll just have to see what happens there.
2: Yeah. I mean, I actually enjoyed watching our defense play with the exception of the big plays that we gave up to Jefferson. I mean, there wasn't a lot to complain about. I was I was going to ask in the break. Yeah. How many sacks? Cause I don't remember exactly. You said just one, yeah. but it felt like there could have been a, a few more. I remember a lot of times cousins getting rid of the ball under yep. pressure. Um, so, you know, you, you said terrible defense or, or, you know, when they had a bad game, I, I know we've talked about that already, but, I liked watching our defense play, like I said, without those big explosive plays that the Vikings yes. pulled out. They were good to o- watch.
1: Outside of that, they were pretty solid. And yes, and like I said earlier, too, it was 42% of dropbacks. Kirk Cousins was pressured, which is a pretty damn good number. But, uh, right, yeah, that is it for the Vikings game. Once again, we lost 7-23. to But with that, we'll move on to Is Kyle an Idiot? My favorite segment. I'm not an idiot. Okay. You sure? Yes. All right. It is Kyle an idiot for the week. Andrew, you are zero and zero for the season. Love it. You're a big Packer fan, so let's see I am. how this goes. Andrew, which one of these humans played for the Green Bay Packers? William Henderson, Jeff Tweedy, or Cad Bain?
2: I really want to go with B here. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like the name, I guess, is the one that rings the most bells to me. Okay. As not knowing, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, I would not say 100% on any of these.
1: Okay. Right? I'm going to go be... Jeff Tweedy? Jeff Tweedy. Okay. You're wrong. Okay.
2: Was uh, there a reason I might know that name more than the others?
1: So William Henderson was a fullback for the Green Bay Packers uh, back in the late 90s and, or early 2000s as well. He actually first was number 30, and then he moved on to number 33. See,
2: but here's where here's where you're wrong um, about me Uh-oh. specifically. Oh,
1: God. What I, did
2: I say? am a Packer fan, mm-hmm. of course, uh, but yes. uh, I became much more of a football and Packer fan mm-hmm. once I was of betting age. <laughs> Uh, And then I started paying attention. Mm -hmm. So if you ask me post 2008, I'm going to be much, much more on the ball. Sure.
1: Okay. So you're just like Kyle. He he had a lot of excuses for getting questions. (laughs) So Jeff Tweedy, who you said he is the lead singer and songwriter of the band Wilco and Cad Bane is a bounty hunter in the Star Wars series.
2: I believe I (laughs) did see Wilco with you. Live, yes, Yep. so yep. that's probably why it's uh right yep. there.
1: Yep, you said it was like one of your least favorite concerts, it, and they are a little weird without a doubt. Yep. Yeah, it was outside, it was
2: raining, it was like 50 degrees. It did rain, yeah, god, that it was, and then poncho. and they went on, they changed their genre like twice mid concert. And and by the end of it, I feel like they were playing on a bucket.
1: Andrew thinks changing genre is uh going from electric instruments <laughs> to acoustic <laughs> instruments for a couple songs. So there you go, there you go, uh, everyone yeah. out there. Oh. all right, oh god, I almost said Kyle, how sad, Andrew. Mm. Second question: Where did Mike McCarthy coach before Green Bay?
2: I know of, this. Hang on.
1: Yeah, a lot of people are yelling at their cars right now.
2: Yeah, I I can imagine. Or the radio. I wish you would have said the after. You know, because I'm like, well, I just saw him. That's a little easier. I just yeah. I just saw him in Dallas.
1: He has a beard now. In some um.
2: God, and I, you know, the first thing that comes to my mind is is Atlanta, but obviously that's just because Brett Favre was there before he came to Green Bay. Mm -hmm. I had to throw that little tidbit in there to show I don't know nothing, Um, in case (laughs) I get the Mike McCarthy question wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go Eagles.
1: Ooh, you know, you were sniffing around the NFC. God! You you were uh, in the NFC South, but it is the Saints.
2: Fuck. I would not have gotten there. I I wasn't going to get... Was he the head coach?
1: He was the offensive coordinator for the Saints, and they were the worst... Well, sorry. So he was with the Saints before that. He was actually with the 49ers right before the Packers hired him. So it was the Niners, but the 49ers had the worst-ranked offense when we hired him to be our... I,
2: I'm going to say this is pre-2008. Uh, I'm joking. Yes, I mean, yeah. yes. Yes. It was 2005, <laughs> I believe. An additional question, though, oh, uh, back into my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Or not question, but fun fact. Mm-hmm. Did you know that Mike McCarthy currently has the highest odds... Of, of all head coaches to be fired first. <laughs> Does not surprise so me. So, that yeah. is that is a little tidbit of info there as well.
1: After seeing Dak uh break his thumb to him like, "Oh boy, this is yeah. just going to make it a injury to get yep. rid of him."
2: All right, so you are all in two. And I really wanted to finish this one with at least a positive <laughs> record, so I,
1: you know, I had something. Well, that shan't be happening. No. All right. I'll take one. Andrew, when was the last time the Packers lost to the Chicago Bears?
2: God. I remember three, I want to say Three years ago, I was watching a game. Rodgers got hurt Mm -hmm. at halftime. Mm -hmm. Or no, sorry, he got hurt, and he did not play the second half of the second quarter. Mm -hmm. And he came back after halftime and continued the game.
1: You're describing a very, very famous Packer game, yes.
2: Yes, but he played. Yes. And I want to say they lost still, but I'm probably wrong. What year was this? I'm going twenty. 19.
1: Okay, so, wow. Um, hmm. Thought you were going to fail upwards. You did not. So the game you're referencing was week one in 2018, which the Packers did win. They did win that game. I was
2: gonna get lucky because they lost in twenty eighteen. They
1: later on in the year, yeah. uh yeah, at the end of the year when we played the Bears, we lost to them seventeen to twenty four at Soldier Field. So I had twenty
2: eighteen, and you know what's the problem? I can't even say anything because this was definitely after two thousand eight. <laughs> so I was hoping it was like two thousand four, you know, that would have been a nice at least like yes. secondary win there. <laughs> that would have been something. That,
1: that did not happen. So moving on. Ooh, wow, that was All right, that, my go. water was a little loud. Yeah, no, that's your Lynn Lake uh beer right there.
2: The uh, Mohawk.
1: Yes, catching catching them checks. Moving on, uh, the Packers obviously obviously have a game on Sunday. We are playing the Chicago Bears on Sunday Night Football. NBC coverage. The new team. Well, I guess of all the teams, this is probably the least new. Chris Collinsworth and Mike Trico will be on the microphones. Uh, game is at Lambeau. Packers are favored by 9.5 points. Currently, over-under is 42.5, so not a very high over-under. They're expecting a pretty low-scoring game. Overall, uh the Bears obviously are one and O oh after beating the San Francisco 49. Did you watch that game? A little bit. Yeah, they won nineteen to ten. Yeah. The absolute right. monsoon, sloppy, puddle fest. Oh, slip and slide out there. It was one of those usually we get these weather games where bef- you know, before the noon games you're seeing the side, you know, the field preparations. And you're like, Oh my god, this is so bad, but by the time the game actually starts, it's taken care of. This was not the case. Not the case. Maybe the first quarter and second half, but or second quarter, but that second half was, yes, an absolute slop fest.
2: It was disgusting out there.
1: Yes, yeah, sloppy like chili. Uh, they have a new head coach in Eberflus, the old Colts defensive coordinator. Their offensive coordinator is Luke Getze, the former QB coach for the Green Bay Packers last year. I mean, they showed a little bit of life uh, on offense obviously Justin Fields How do you feel about Justin
2: Fields' week 1 performance?
1: I mean, who fucking cares? It's you can't sure. judge anything off that game. I still don't think Justin Fields is very good, but for a game like that, a tall, big quarterback who can also run and throw the ball, he it's kind of It's an gonna ideal, do good, right? Uh, ideal situation for him. Um, yeah, wasn't great last week either way. He was 8 for 17. Mike Martz, the old Bears offensive coordinator, even went on record saying that he wasn't very good, which was kind of weird. He did finish with 121 yards and two touchdowns, one pick, however. Uh, David Montgomery, their lead back, had 17 carries for 26 yards. An astonishing 1.5 yards per carry, which is weird. That is insane. Even in a puddle game, you would think you'd be able to get a few more yards. And Herbert, the backup, had nine carries for 45 yards. So he had a five-yard average, which is kind of strange. We'll see how they divvy it up this week. Uh, On the receiving end, weird box score. Five players had one reception, and David Montgomery, the running back, had three. E.Q. and Dante Pettis each had a touchdown with their one catch, but it's hard to know who the number one is really with that offense. Obviously, Darnell Mooney is the lead guy with fantasy football and everything, but he only had a one one catch as well. Well, and and that
2: game, I mean, in general, like you said, it's a monsoon, right? They're not throwing, lobbing the ball everywhere, and that's why your backs are catching more balls there, too. Sure. So yeah. it's it's not like it gives a ton of info.
1: Yeah, it's part of it, but it's still, you know, the the Chicago Bears we're not expecting a huge right. offensive passing game out of them. But yeah, they have Darnell Mooney and Byron Pringle if you remember him, he <laughs> this is how much of a of a nerd i am uh the preseason game 3 or 4 years ago against the chiefs pringle ate us up and he <laughs> once again that's when he was a rookie he might have been a late round pick or undrafted guy and now he signed on with the bears and apparently is going to be their number 2 sure. wideout uh they also have cole Komet, the tight end third year player who has some hype coming into the season but he did not have a catch, I believe, on Sunday. Did they have targets?
2: I don't even know if they went. Did they go for him? I I, I watched that game off and on, so I can't say. I'm not sure. They probably
1: kept him in blocking quite a bit, too, just with how that game went. Right. Uh, Their offensive line might be better, but they were absolutely dreadful last year. They actually graded out very, very well last week. The offensive line, according to Pro Football Focus, was one of the best offensive line performances in... The last five or ten years, I think the stat was that I heard, but that's mostly once again because of weather attributed the environment that they were in. Uh Packers old offensive lineman, Lucas Patrick, who I believe is their starting guard, was also named a captain for this game. So that's a little interesting. I'm sure that will play huge into the matchup. The defense of the Bears seems to be pretty good on top of it, like they usually are. Uh, also under Eberflus, it seems, I mean, one game in could just be the crew, but Not a lot of penalties in that game either, even with, once again, the sloppy environment. Eddie Jackson, the safety, seems to have bounced back after a lackluster 2021 campaign. Jalen Johnson, their third-year corner, allowed zero yards on Sunday. He has some hype with him as well, but once again, (laughs) the environment. Inside linebacker Roquan Smith is back after holding, kind of holding out half the year and, or half of training camp, and he did have half a sack in that game last week. And Akeem Hicks, who was kind of a craw in the Packers back all of his career with the Bears. He's finally gone, but they have a defensive end, Dominique Robinson, who had one and a half sacks and a tackle for loss, who's an absolute beast. So he's someone to think about. Andrew, what are your thoughts going into this game?
2: I'm excited. I mean Oh wow, bold. Okay. I'm always a a Packer favored better in the sense of like, (laughs) I want them to win and I want to win money. So I'm gonna I all I never hedge it with them, right? Like I always Always double it up because I'm either going to be pumped, I'm going to be pumped or I'm going to be just, you know, bummed. Um, But this week, I think we're seeing, you know, odds like you, you gave the over under all that stuff. We're seeing people think, oh, the Packers just got demolished. In a 723 game, maybe people who are looking at the score who aren't quite watching the game or as familiar with some of the things happening and and, you know, players being out that are coming back Mm -hmm. as as you are and I am or any, you know, Packer fans are. Mm -hmm. So I actually do like the Packers nine and a half this week, but I also like the over. Um, We're getting the low scoring game probably as well from the weather. That we saw Week One in I, Chicago. I
1: like how you're you're saying that you want to be like smart with your betting here,
2: but I'm doing the most common things the most, ever. You're Everyone taking the does the over. You're taking the over. No, of course, <laughs> yeah. of course. It's not like um, it's not a secret sauce here. Yeah, I am a gambling junkie. Which actually, I want to go back a, a, a second. Oh, wow. I wanted to okay. ask this earlier, but I didn't know when the timing was. Let's say you're in a fantasy league,
1: hypothetically, hypothetically
2: yeah. for and, money. Yep, for yeah. money. And um, the two rookie. Wide receivers are undrafted. Do you consider it
1: with the Bears? I don't no, know.
2: no, 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 not the Bears. The Packers. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I mean, do you pick them up? I take a flyer. Yeah. I. Take, I and which one got here? I, I don't know. It it depends on what you want to go for. You know, I the safer pick is Romeo Dubs. The more splash player would be Christian Watson. If you're really going for something, I mean, it depends on what you're looking for. If you went running back, running back, we shouldn't even get into this. If we, if we're, if you're going running back early in the draft and you take like a few of them, maybe you need. A more reliable receiver, which would be Romeo Dubs, but if you need a splash guy in your flex spot, I mean Christian Watson has a much higher ceiling. Yeah, I'm this saying year. a
2: 12 man league, very deep. They're out there; they could produce second yeah. half of the season. Yeah, you'd pick one up if you got a spot for it. Sure. Yeah, cool. that's all I wanted to know. Okay. Yes, I just didn't on... know if you would say they're not worth it at all. They're <laughs> no. they're they're never going to be wide receiver two material, or if we might see that come. I you know obviously, um, yeah, with being full string at the wide receiving core coming up here, I didn't know. If you were going to say there's really not a spot for these guys to shine. Nope. I, or or I, if it could happen.
1: I think it very easily could happen, yes. But... Cool. Uh, Off topic, uh, I know. So that, was your, th- that is your thoughts on on this Bears-Packers matchup?
2: Yeah. i like the home team to cover. <laughs> okay, okay. And the over.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, it seems like just about every year, Packers-Bears at Lambeau just happens. Uh, we always seem to play them on Sunday night, I should say. And... You know, once again with the nine and a half points, it feels like we should shellack them. It it's very much a mirror of last year, where we got shit kicked by the Saints week one, but then week two we had a divisional matchup against the Lions, and I think the first half we were actually losing, but we came out in the second half and demolished them. Demolished them, I believe. So, I think something similar to that. We went on like an eight game tear. Oh yeah, I'm well. Yeah, we won fucking thirteen games last
2: year. We had the best record of the NFL season.
1: Oh yeah, last year. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but we have like the last. Two years, even. Wow! Yeah, they're pretty good. Well, I we think probably won the division. Might have had a few years, years in a row year. too, huh? Yeah, we've won. Yeah, the last <laughs> three years, I don't know if you caught on with that too. But yeah, I I like this game. It's hard to come up with any real great predictions of how the game's going to go, just because it's so fresh in the season and we have so many moving parts on offense. Uh, once again, I'll say this: as far as injuries go, it seems like Chris Barnes. So Chris Barnes was put on IR. Potential to come back. Um, John Running didn't practice, but everyone else, Quay Walker, Alan Lazard, both uh, Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtary did practice today. So, And even Keyshawn Nixon, too, who had the one tackle and uh, got taken out of the game after that after getting hurt. He was practicing today, too, so that should not be too much of an issue. Andrew, what is your score prediction of this game?
2: My score prediction? Well, I guess I have to follow my uh, betting <laughs> advice that I just gave. Yeah, that would be the smart way to um, do it. I'm going to go 28 to
1: 17. Really? Who? 28 17. Packers. Pack. Okay. Man, I don't know if this has happened before, but I, you know, I have my notes written down here. And I too had a prediction of 28 to 17. Really? Packers winning this game. Yep. I think I might have had a similar score last week. It just wow. It's just two football numbers. It makes sense. You know, Packers winning by 11 points.
2: Well, and it follows the spread, as we both just discussed. Sure, that too. It seems We're geniuses like, on that front, you know? you know?
1: Maybe I'd throw in a wrinkle for it being an NFC North game so you get a weird number like a 22 instead. But yes, that is the number that I had, so I feel a little bit Amazing. worse about my prediction now. Andrew, as you know, you know you've know, you always been a listener. You've always been part of the podcast. Always. What is your bold prediction for this week?
2: Well, I want to say this one. I want to say... You're allowed. I th- I'm predicting mm. that our rushing attempts... Okay. Will double. Will double. Okay. I, that might be an easy goal to hit. So I, it might not be that bold. I don't think. Which it... is kind of why I was making a joke of I want to <laughs> mm-hmm. say it mm-hmm. because we had what fifteen.
1: Yeah we uh, we had eight we had eighteen rushing attempts last week so yeah so mm, thirty six I, I, I don't
2: know how bold that is but I believe you know we're gonna have a, a good what thirty average but then in the quarter four we're running out the clock we're run run run. So, uh we double it's a, our That's
1: a great description, yeah. Run 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 run.
2: <laughs> we double our um rushes.
1: Okay. We double and if our that's rushes. That's not
2: bold enough. Yep. I will uh, think on one. Well, you tell yours.
1: Okay. I I think that's bold enough. Good. So, my bold prediction for this week, you know, I think they got trashed a little bit last week. Let's let's just fucking dive in cuz I don't think if you went with one it would be bold enough. I am going to say Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson both have a touchdown in this game. You know they're due. Let's shut up the critics. Let's shut up everyone saying that Aaron Rodgers hates the rookie wide receivers. What?
2: That is actually
1: bold. Not. R- I mean, there's still it could it could happen. If I said they got
2: four career catches between the two of them,
1: but that's a career. I I, I know. i they, they don't saying. have. Okay. I'm just All right. Saying. You're being a douchebag. I'm so being that's, a douchebag. Yes. That, that, yes. I. That's I am. where I'm at. Uh, we'll see. You know, I'd feel good if just one of them gets a touchdown. So for
2: all you DraftKings listeners.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Definitely put all <laughs> Those are your on those flyers. Days. Double them up. Yes. So with that, everyone's favorite time of the episode. If you could please leave a five-star review, that would be very cool, either on iTunes or Spotify. On iTunes, you can leave a, uh, sorry, I should say rating on either or. You can leave a review on iTunes as well. Just write something down, whatever, and if you want, you can take a screenshot, email it to us on pppodcast at gmail.com. Or DM us on Twitter at Pod and we will send you a free koozie that you can put uh, put you know your beer in. What what type of beer, Andrew? Yeah, um,
2: you know any kind of beer, but specifically <laughs> uh-huh. Lynn Lake beer.
1: Lynn Lake beer.
2: Um, but. If you want to, I think this is a suggestion Mm -hmm. I would implement if I, you know, if I was the main decision maker.
1: We should have talked about this. Okay.
2: You can now, starting this week and this week only, Mm -hmm. have your relatives or friends (laughs) leave a five-star review and he will send you an additional koozie. Yes. And that is one for them and one for you, but that only applies if you've already left a review. Yes. Okay. That's this week we can, only.
1: This week only. <laughs> Please, uh, yeah. If you email or DM, you put all that, add that in there too, so that I remember as well. For and the now, double koozie. For the double koozies. Yeah. If you ask for two koozies, we'd probably give you promo anyways. code. We want Andrew every week. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to. Oh, <laughs> God. Okay. Well, with that, <laughs> we're on to next week. We're on to hopefully win. If we don't win this week, I'll actually panic. Uh, right now, I think we're. Sitting easy, but uh, with that, Andrew, I don't have anything else. Do you have anything uh, else? One question: How
2: many losses in a row before you skip a podcast release?
1: <laughs> Never. I am not. Uh, I'm okay. not Ed, who that's a that's an inside joke for no one. But uh, well, with that, <laughs> with that, Andrew, do you have anything else other than that?
2: No. I think your listeners love inside jokes.
1: Yes, I hope, <laughs> I hope to be part of one and your one day, fellow so your yes. fellow podcaster that has no idea of that. <laughs> So with that, Eric Koskinen, please don't sue us.
0: Cheers. Howdy, well, I quit my job. Yeah, because it just won't pay. I worked all year. I worked all money. And then they took my money away.